Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to the Back Brief. I'm Rod Rodriguez. Happy Thanksgiving, folks. It is that time of year again where we're all at the dinner table uh, celebrating Thanksgiving. Indians, Native Americans, pilgrims, uh, white people, whatever you want to call it, however you want to call it. It it really doesn't even matter because we're living the commercialization of the holiday Anyway, so uh, before we jump into the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the cranberry sauce, let's talk about last week. Last week, uh, we almost came precariously close to not having much to be thankful for on account that, uh, I don't know, the world and Western civilization came to the brink of war because of a news article. Now, last week, we talked about this. We talked about uh, Russian missiles that had allegedly hit a target in Poland. This was all over the place. This was all over the major news outlets. Article 5, Article 6. I mean, we came dangerously close, it seems, to making some rash decisions and some rash judgments. Turns out, It wasn't the Russians. It was a stray Ukrainian surface-to-air missile. We talked about that last week. And I even said, let's put our tinfoil hats on because it's very possible that it was Russian and we're just saying it wasn't in order to not face certain nuclear disaster. But then it comes out that it wasn't the Russians. And now there's some some more evidence being presented that in fact it was not just single source reporting, but it was actually a miscommunication within the AP, the Associated Press. So right now I am looking at an article from semaphore.com. Max Tanney writes AP fired a report after a dangerous blunder. Slack messages reveal a chaotic process. So I'm going to give the Cliff's notes here. Uh, The reporter in question is James Laporta. James starts off the thread here by saying, from a senior American intelligence official vetted by Ron Nixon, yes, Russian missiles crossed into Poland. At least two people are dead from initial reports. Also, missiles entered Moldova. No casualties at this time. So... He comes into the Slack channel, drops this bit of a bombshell, and he's like, hey, this source has been vetted by Ron Nixon. Ron Nixon is the vice president of news and investigations. But the problem is that he never said Ron, uh, uh, he never said that Ron had uh, greenlighted this source's tip. This source's information pertaining to this missiles. What he's saying is this source has been verified by Ron Nixon. 
So everybody seems to be like not sure in this Slack channel what to do about this. This is, can we run the story? Should we not run the story? One guy's like, it's above my pay grade. So finally, at the end of this Slack thread, you get to see, I'm actually, I'm scrolling through to the Slack feed right now. And we get to Vanessa Guerra, since the Polish government's box admit there is a crisis situation, I would vote for alerting this. Senior US intelligence official says Russian missiles crossed the NATO member. Poland killing two. So when they ask him, hey, can you write a story about this? James Laporta or Laporta comes out and says, I'm actually at a doctor's appointment. What I passed is all I know at the moment. He's not telling these folks like, guys, this is the gospel. We got to run with this. He's like, hey, this is what I heard from a dude. Um, I'm at a doctor's appointment. This is all I've got. Zit. And it's not till later that they go ahead and publish this. So what does that mean? What does that mean that they published it? Well, let's look at what the consequences, the fallout of this story. Confusion in the AP, there seems doesn't seem to be a clear process for how they're going to prove a story as influential as dangerous as this one, this headline, there doesn't seem to be approval process here. Just a Slack channel. Everyone's kind of like, eh, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Ah, let's do it. It's misinterpreted that Ron has vetted this information and source and that it must be good. So they push it out. Consequences. It's all over the world that Russia just attacked a NATO country. Now we get into all these talking heads. What's Article 5? What's Article 6? Is Poland going to fight? Are we going to fight? What's happening? The U.S. is trying to contact Russia, and then we find out through an Associated Press article, and you can check that article out on ConnectingVets.com, that they couldn't get a hold of Russian officials. The very dudes that were like, hey, did you did you do this? Because we we need we we have questions, man. We have questions. And nobody's answering. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said he his they said that his staff tried to get Russia's top-ranking military official on the phone to discuss the incident with no success. No success. John Tierney, the executive director of the Center for Arms Control and Nonproliferation in Washington, said, quote, open lines of communication are vital if we're to avoid the risk of conflict caused by misconception, miscalculations, or mistake. It is unsettling to learn from General Milley that his counterpart was unreachable or not willing to engage when an explosion occurred in Poland. And that's a quote from the AP. Please don't sue me. I'm trying to correctly attribute all of these stories to the proper sources. Now, unsettling. My man. Unsettling. Uh, let's see. Terrifier 2 was unsettling. The fact that we can't get a hold of somebody on the 
phone from a country like Russia, the biggest player in that region, except for maybe China. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the problem isn't on our side. The problem is not ours. It's not our end. Our relationship with Russia extends decades. Decades. The problem is on their end. Stop screening your calls, Moscow. It's not because we want to, it's not, we're not calling because we want to bullshit. We're not calling because we're just want to see what are you guys doing? What you guys thinking about? I don't know. When America calls, it might have to do with something like, I don't know, the fate of Western civilization and, uh, I don't know, the planet, humanity. I feel like we're like the ex-girlfriend and uh, Russia's like, no, 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 I'm not dealing with you right now. You're just going to accuse me of some bullshit. Well, maybe not. Maybe we just want to have a real conversation with you and find out, oh, I don't know, did you start World War III? Stop screening your calls. AP. Have a freaking process here, man. Listen, we're a small news website, ConnectingVets.com, and I say we have a Slack channel, and we have an approval process for stories. Weird. Now, here's the problem, folks. Stories, look how far this story went. This was published by a one of the most trusted news sources in the world. Decision makers start making decisions based on the story. And these decision makers are pretty much elected officials. Now their constituents are pretty pissed and they're riled up. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, man. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube after this. Some people are not going to believe you. And I don't know, maybe they have good reason because we've been lied to about a thousand freaking times by our elected officials. So it's really not that hard to think that maybe they're lying to us right now. Maybe it was Russia. Maybe we're just trying to cover this whole thing up so we don't all go right to a nuclear war. I get it. Hell, we put our tinfoil hat on last week. But looking at these Slack messages, it, it, you start to get the idea that maybe it was more of a mistake. And this is how the world could possibly end. By mistake. Whoops, sorry, guys. I should have probably double-checked that source. In the intelligence world, we have to vet this information until it gets publicly, until it gets politically motivated. Look at the, the whole issue with going to Iraq. That was based on intelligence reports. And if you look at those reports and the people that, that, that wrote them, they're telling you, ah, this source is garbage. <laughs> this dude is not reliable. The Germans who gave us that source are like, this guy is not reliable. The Americans who try to vet that source, this guy is not reliable. But the minute the politicians get their fingers or nasty, dirty little paws into our business, we ramp up the war machine and before you know it, we're in Iraq. Not hating the fact that we went to Iraq, that place needed a cleansing. Politically, I should say. Don't start really like, oh, ethnic cleansing, oh my God, what is Rod talking about? Saddam was a real bastard, needed to get taken down. We did the right thing. 
just maybe under some different circumstances. Last week, we talked about walking back World War III. You can't walk this back, man. This is one of those situations that it's, you know, if the news comes out and says, this guy's a pedophile, and next week they do a correction, like, oh, sorry, we meant philanthropist. No one's going to care. They're going to be, oh, yeah, he's a pedophile. I read that in, in a report. I read that in, in, in the news. Nobody cares about the corrections. You got to get it right, especially when so much is at stake. Let's talk about some other news. Let's talk about some other news. Folks, I have an airman now. Uh, I, uh, I, I have kids. They're in the service. I got a soldier, a Marine, and an airman. Uh, two weeks ago, I was up in San Antonio, Texas for the Air Force graduation. I'm an Army guy. I got to tell you, this whole Air Force uh, process, really freaking weird. Okay, really weird. Very proud of my airmen, but speaking as a soldier, uh, their process is strange. So it's a two-day event. It's a family day followed by graduation. But here's the kicker, right? So we show up for family day, me and the boys. We got our class A's back at the hotel. We're going to wear them for the graduation. So they tell us day one is going to be family day. Okay, the, we could take the airmen off post. They have to be back by like six, seven o'clock at night. And then uh, the day after graduation, they're restricted to post because a lot of them go to tech school same day. So family day, these guys, the Air Force, they're at Lackland. They have like a small, uh, it looks like a, like a little stadium, man. Like I, I'm really impressed by the amount of money and resources they put into this thing. It's like a drill pad slash stadium looking thing. And all the airmen come out. They're all wearing their, I don't know, Air Force uniforms. Uh, I would call them my class Bs. We're talking short sleeve brown, uh, short sleeve blue shirt, little garrison caps. They come marching out there in, you know, their class formations. And it's cool. They, they do the national anthem and, you know, the color guard and some guy comes out and he's talking about, I'm very proud of the Americans. And like, okay, it's wonderful, beautiful. You know, my kid's out there and I'm like, good job, kid. And these are handing out coins. So apparently in the Air Force, when you graduate from Air Force Basic, you're handed a coin. And upon reception of said coin, you are now an airman. You're done. Congratulations. You made it. And they stop being called recruit or trainees. I think they're called trainees. They're stop, they, they stop calling them trainees start calling them airmen. Which to me looked a lot like a graduation. <laughs> So I'm like, well, what, what are we doing tomorrow? Wait a minute. All these kids just became airmen. They got their coin. What, what are we doing tomorrow in, in the parade field? Like, is this going to be graduation part two? I felt like I should have been dressed up for that occasion, for the family day. It felt backwards, man. It felt backwards. I mean, I'm not one to poo-poo on tradition. That's what they do. That's what they do. But I did think it was kind of odd that while they were handing out the coins, they played uh, Ray Charles, uh, uh, you know, ah, boy, what is it? America the Beautiful. He's like, America, America. You know, it, it was it was nice. It was beautiful. It's, it's, it's 
Ray Charles, and you're very welcome for those me spitting a couple of bars there of it. But, you know, it's a large class. So they couldn't finish with Ray Charles. So uh, I, I guess they, <laughs> right after he's done singing, they must have uh, switched, flipped the tape, and it's uh, Proud to be an American. I believe that's a Toby Keith song. <laughs> Uh yeah, it was it was odd. It was a little surreal. Um it was a very strange experience. Uh very proud of my kid though. Uh I, I'm I'm kind of teasing uh because they are the Air Force uh and his brothers are Marine and soldier and it, it it's you know, we, we love him to death. But it's a very strange experience. Uh, maybe they should switch them over guys. And this is just a suggestion air force, uh, graduation should be the second day. And that should be the day we can take them off post, go have a graduation dinner. You give them their coins. So day one should be restricted on post in OCPs. It's family day. These kids are walking around in class B's and it's like a thousand degrees in San Antonio. Give them their OCPs. Let them be a little more comfortable. Uh, hell, even I'm not going to say PTs that maybe that's a little too far, but restricted to on post OCPs. They could show us around and then on graduation day, they could dress up their class A's. And then after the ceremony, we take them out for, you know, uh, dinner and whatnot in San Antonio. We bring them back by eight o'clock like they did on family day and then they're done. I don't know. I'm not the the grand poobah of military planning, obviously, but it just seems like that makes a little bit more sense. Doesn't it? I don't know. But, of course, I want to bring it back. We're going to loop it all back, bringing it all back to Thanksgiving. I want to give thanks that uh, World War III didn't start. I want to thank be thankful for the men and women who are serving our armed forces. Uh, very grateful for my son who decided he was going to take on the charge. He's, you know, third now to join the military after his two brothers. And uh, there's one more left in the bunch, 11 year old. And he's already talking about being an army ranger someday. Godspeed. Maybe he'll, maybe I'll get one that goes to college and becomes an officer or a warrant officer. Like, like me, they'd be great. Um, I'm very thankful for family, very thankful for you, our listener. And uh, folks, I'm going to give you some advice from my buddy, Jack Murphy, as you're passing along the cranberry sauce and uh, mashed potatoes. Raise your, raise your glass, give a toast, and ask everybody to maybe go around the table and give their opinion on... Donald Trump running for president again. There's nothing better than politics at Thanksgiving dinner. Hell, while you're at it, throw in a little religion as well. Uh, spice things up. See where it goes. Folks, uh, I really appreciate everybody here. We're about to wrap up the year very soon. We still got plenty of episodes. This is a weekly show, man. And if you're interested, uh, of course, you can always hit me up at rodaconnectingvets.com. Uh, shoot me an email. Love to hear from you. Folks, you can always find me on Twitter at Rod Pod Rod, and go check out my guy, my main man, Phil Briggs, CBS 
eye on veterans. He's always got some great guests, great shows, uh, talking to some very famous people that you'd be surprised are veterans. If you're interested in hearing more of me, of course, hearing more from me, I should say, uh, go check out my other podcast, Military Matters from Stars and Stripes. Uh, it is a show with uh, that I produce with my partner there, uh, Jack Murphy. The two of us are bringing you stories uh, and uh, interviews for uh, that, that you know issues affecting the military and service members and veterans alike and their families. That's another piece that, you know, a lot of people forget, like, hey, stuff that's affecting the family unit. Uh, the episode we got going on right now is Roe versus Wade versus service members. Are you curious about how the repeal of Roe versus Wade has affected women reproductive rights in the military? It's a real thing. And our service members' spouses. And I'm going to give you a hint here, folks. This is not about making bad decisions, okay? This isn't about like, oh, I'm having an abortion because I don't want to have a baby. We share the story of one service member, and she's a military spouse. They wanted the baby. They wanted to keep the baby. But there were complications and issues. And because of the Hyde Amendment, they had to go through a brutal, botched, abortion in japan for more of this story go find it it's everywhere you listen to podcast military matters we're also on youtube so go check that out folks i'm rod rodriguez thank you for listening make sure you like listen and subscribe to this podcast share it with anybody else that you think wants to hear about what we're doing out here at the back brief i'm rod and i'm out on the next military matters the repeal of Roe versus Wade had a dramatic effect on women service members' reproductive health. We talked with Stripes reporter Nancy Montgomery. It's just the most, it's rippling throughout healthcare where it's sort of pitting patients against their doctors. How much do they tell their doctors? Can they trust their doctors? Can they trust the other medical people? And we talk about the nightmare endured by Air Force veteran and military spouse, Barry Wald. You know, since I did not meet the requirement of the law due to the Hyde Amendment, didn't meet the criteria of being raped, um, incest, or that my life was in danger, military medicine could not help me. It's against the law at that point. And her experience in a Japanese clinic and a botched abortion. You know, I mean, I had blood running down my legs. Come to find out later, they lacerated my cervix during that time. She's like, you need to get out of there. It's not safe. We called it the torture cell, like the Japanese torture cell. Listen and subscribe to Military Matters today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.